This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We are here once again because, you know, that's what we do. It's Tuesday because, you know, that's when we do it. So, you know, welcome to September. It's good to have you here. We're glad to be with you. Uh, this is, if you didn't know, the Mess It Up podcast. I am, if you didn't know, the Bowtie Guy. And I've got multiple guests again today. Two weeks in a row with multiple guests. Kimberly is back. Hello. And we've got lovely Bev joining us Hi, as well. Hi, everybody. And Bev is kind of in the dark on this one because Kimberly and I uh, know what we're talking about. And Bev has not done the same research that Kimberly and I did. So she will be offering uh, candor and uh, un... Uh, uh, unbiased (laughs) views on on what it is we're talking about. So we'll get into that in a little bit. I want to give you our uh, our word of the week this week, which is normative, which is another one that was sent in by listeners just like you. Uh, Normative, it's it's funny because I I like to look up the, uh, you know, official definitions of whatever it is. And I don't like it when they use the words in the definition because that was something I was always taught that you shouldn't do. But it says here, this is from Oxford Languages, establishing related to or deriving from a standard or norm, especially behavior. Uh, So, uh, you know, we try to be normative here and we try to be your baseline for things. (laughs) But uh, if we are your baseline, that means your life might be a little bit of a mess that hopefully is getting turned into a message. So uh, right on brand with us here. Welcome to Normative. And uh, that would be a great podcast. And you could just talk about Norm from Cheers. Man, perfect Norm. idea. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. That's kind of funny. Yeah. People already know. They can hear laughter in the background while you're talking about us being yes. normative. And Cliff annoying him. So, and, you know. and then the ice falls in the ice maker. And yeah, it's we just went off track fantastic. There. Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to get a hold of me to tell me some more words of the week, if you want to tell me how normal you are, if you want to just talk... My phone number is 760-608-1942. You can send texts or you can call. If you want to send an email to the show, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And uh, we love to get your ideas on things for uh, songs of the week, which I'm desperate for right now. Words of the week, which I could use. Or show ideas, which also I am very low on. So uh, please send your emails or texts to that. If you want to support the show, don't forget to just spread the news. Tell your people, put it in a text, put it on your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever social that you do. And uh, we can get more people listening to the show. Don't forget to text mom to the uh, phone number 760-WALLS-CA. That's 925-5722. And you can become a financial supporter as well. There we go. Thank you very much. And, and you know, the, the girls are looking at me like, man, you're taking forever. That was three and a half minutes. That's pretty quick for me. And I got that was half of the time the, the first time. And yes. I got the word of the week in there. I'm so good. Cool. You're talking to stuff past people can't understand. You know, they so. can play it at half speed if they yeah, need And to if you had an want. eye roll when Paul said yeah. about how normal he is, thank you. Yes. We are all rolling our oh, eyes yes, with yes. you. Yeah. Just so good you job. know. Amen good job. A uh, hundred bonus points for that. Yes. Man. People giving away bonus points like it's their show or something. This is crazy. I don't know what's going on. Anyhow, uh, the uh, the show today that we're doing is uh, based on uh, an episode of a different podcast that Kimberly listens to. And she shared with me when we were talking on the uh, the truck the other day. 
and uh, she thought this would make an interesting show. And I was like, yeah, that would make an interesting show. So I listened to the podcast that she was talking about. Kimberly listens to it as a regular listener. Bev has absolutely zero <laughs> idea of what we're going. So she's going into this blind. But the, the podcast is the Bama podcast. And it, uh, it give to people just a, a quick overview of what that podcast is and how you came to find it, Kimberly. Um, I came to find the Bama podcast. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to start over. <laughs> I came to find the Bema podcast through Brent Hansen. He had been listening to it, and it is uh, going through the Bible through a more Eastern lens, meaning more Jewish rather than Western lens that we have of the Bible. And it's digging deep into word analogies and what, um, how the the genres of the Bible are written and it's a it's a different perspective i know that some people are going to be resistant to what, what's in there but I've, I've actually really enjoyed it thoroughly um marty solomon is the host he has a co-host of brent billings and they just bring the bible to life in a different method and so this particular podcast was the one that is talking about um when the people are entering into the promised land in the book of Joshua and differences of stones and the significance of them in their, in their culture at the time. Cause it's not just, you know, the Jews, mm-hmm. which they aren't called Jews at that point, but, uh, you know, all the other cultures around them had these types of stones and each one has a significance of it. Yeah. And, uh, we'll put a link to, uh, the specific podcast in the show notes, but, uh, Bema is B E M A. Uh, if you want to look for that, so um, that's that's how you can find that podcast. But we'll put a uh, link to it in the show notes if you want to check that out. And I think that you would probably enjoy it if you're enjoying the mumbo jumbo that I'm serving up. Uh, you'll probably enjoy <laughs> some more educated uh, mumbo jumbo as well. Uh, so, so Kimberly, this one is talking, and I thought it was interesting when the guy starts off. This was my first time listening to the podcast, and this episode was from, it sounded like it was 2017, so it's a little bit uh, older. Uh, it was you know pre-COVID uh, stuff, but yes. he talks about the fact that he really doesn't like the book of Joshua, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought, how interesting, and I, I really wanted to uh, put in uh, for our, our song of the week, a uh, song by Lyle Lovett from Joshua Judges Ruth, just because I thought, well, that would be fun. But uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. But um, it was an interesting take on Joshua because um, I hadn't really thought of it in the way that he puts it. And his reason for disliking Joshua is just the straight up, you know... Brutality. Arnold Schwarzenegger factor. Yeah, it's yes. like it's, it's, it's just death and destruction and complete and utter destruction and if you are a new testament jesus god is love type of person joshua is not reflective of that um it is the jealous god of the old testament for sure but he brought up some interesting you know thoughts on it and and i like to geek out on the intellectual side the archaeological side the scholarly side of Old Testament stuff being, you know, history major. I I like that kind of stuff, but I know a lot of people don't. And just looking at the different styles of literature that they talked about, I found it pretty interesting in the way they discussed it. I thought it was pretty interesting as well. But the point that we're bringing out on this was there were two types of stones used by the people back in the day. And and the first one I want to look at was the ones that tell stories. And and you have more... 
you wrote stuff down. I was I was working on some drywall whilst I was listening, <laughs> so I didn't make any notes on it. But Kimberly, you have the the right words. Uh, so actually, I'm going to be using their transcript because it helps guide me a little bit. Um, but the first type of stone that Marty had talked about is a stella, and they are stones that have writing on I'm them. Sorry, what kind of stone? A stella. Stella. Yeah, I yeah. knew that was coming. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So did I. Thank I you, Marlon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Elaine, you know, either yeah. way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, good Lord. I'm not going to be able to talk without laughing. Um, but they will end up having plaster on them at times. Um, they have a story of conquest, and it's standing there. There's writing on it, so people are able to go and read what the conquest that had occurred. Uh, so that's the first type of stone that is discussed in the podcast. And then the second one is called... A well, and, and before we get to the second one, um, those Stella stones, um, they're, um, they're around in different places. Yes. You know, um, and uh, how do they spell Stella? S-T-E-L-E-S. And here's what's funny. We still use them today. You think of national parks. Absolutely. They end up having stones, I mean, typically at the entrance or somewhere along the way. And it may not be writing that's in plaster or by hand, but they have placards. So we still use that same premise to tell a story of why is this here? I mean, go out to the Toronto Pinnacles. They have that out there. So we we have our own version that's continued forward because people want to know why and well, how and all that. And, and I'm, I'm looking in, uh, just doing a, a quick web search, and th- there's Chinese ones. Right. They're, they're multicultural. They're, they're throughout. Just it, it wasn't like, oh, this is something you find in the Middle East. Um, it's pretty cool, and it looks like that they uh, are also, you know, a lot of them have to do with, you know, a historical event, uh, mm-hmm. a, a military thing. When, when I first heard them, I was thinking totem pole. And mm-hmm. the, well, and a totem pole, I think, though, ends up falling into the ed- other category yeah. that we're going to be discussing, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a stone of witness, a story stone. Somebody has to be there to tell you the story then because there's no writing on it there's yeah. nothing that says oh i can read this and i can move along and i got a little bit of information no somebody has to tell you about it yeah of what you know in that situation so i think actually a totem pole is a perfect example of that even like you think of the heads at eastern you know easter island yeah um well and know. these things like if i want to write something that I, I i do a blog every monday morning ministerofmocha.com uh, we just went over our 10,000th view uh, today. I got a little notice. We hit 10,000. And they, um, they're easy to do. You blog, you write it, and it just goes right there you know, for everyone to read right away. To put something on a stone, you have got to really take some time. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not just like, hey, grab me some paper and a pencil and I'm going to write this down. It's like... All right, I need to be here for days, weeks, months, years. I don't know how long it takes to do some of these things, but to carve into a stone words or or even to to put it on and and and, and paint on it. And you have to narrow it down because you don't have unlimited space. And yeah. at a certain point, if you have too much on that, people are going to stop reading and they're right, going to walk right. away. So I think part of the thing with the story stones is 
you're trying to give the most important information that people are able to gather more knowledge than they had before reaching that and reading it, but they're not bored to tears and walk away. Right. right. And right. it's, you know, these things are, uh, we watch, uh, Bev and I watch this, uh, we call it, could it be, but it's um, the, the curse of Oak Island. Um, and they're always finding like, okay, well, this is written in a stone and you know, it matches another stone that has a similar thing, you know, in Europe somewhere. And, and are they connected? And these ways of, of just leaving a message for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it continues the search. They continue to look for where are more things like this that could continue the story. Right. And my, I, go ahead. Oh, my first thought was a headstone, mm-hmm. headstone in a cemetery. Yeah, there's just enough information there to tell you about somebody's life, um, but there's little enough to help you remember without getting you to the point of boredom. Right. You're right. <laughs> it, no, no kidding. Well, yeah. and yeah. you know, it, 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 like you're saying with these story stones, it, it requires a the stone is enough to pique your interest and draw your attention. But in order to know the entire story, there's got to be an interpretation. Right. It's almost speaking in tongues. You know, if you don't have the interpretation, it's you don't get the full meaning of it. Because we went, I I told you we were in uh, Concord, Massachusetts, and we saw the cemetery and it had, you know, headstones that were from the 1600s. And, you know, you see that and and your mind can tell a story like, oh, but my, it, it, it draws me in, so I want to know more. I want to investigate more and see what did happen here. What was what was this person's story, and and what did they? You know, why is this important? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's going on here? Um, and it just, I mean, it's and, fascinating. And I think one thing is that in our current world that we live in. Everybody ends up having a story, which we know, but a lot of times I think that the things that people are um, discussing on their platform isn't actually the things that have been really impactful in their life either. And so to me, you know, when you're talking about the story stone or the stone of witness, this is more about for our specifically for our perspective as Christians, how God has intervened in our life. And I know that that's where Marty's going in his too, is that, you know, we have specific stories that we're supposed to be able to tell people or pass on. I don't have children, so it's a little bit different for me, but I still have people that are in my realm that I end up saying, I got to see God specifically in my life on this situation. And this is the reminder of it. And I don't, think a lot of people think of it that way i mean we go on facebook and post a picture of our breakfast like who cares and i i heard that the other day and it was funny as it said you know somebody scrolling through pictures and you know years ago it'd be like well who is this grandma and you know well this was before charles Lindbergh made his first flight across (laughs) the atlantic and they're you know and it was a joke but it was like in 30 years from now well, what was this picture, Grandma? Oh, that was my shoes that I got after I had <laughs> breakfast at, you know, Blue Jam Cafe or whatever. And you're just going, it's like things of significance have seemed to change a lot. And mm. um, so it's just a reminder that we need to pay attention to what what's really important. Right. And, and, and not that we need to be cerebral all the time. Yeah. I mean, clearly you and I work together, so yeah. we are not. <laughs> right, right. 
And um, I, I think when we're when we're putting these things here, one of the questions is, you know, who is going to be looking at it, which kind of leads into the song that I had. And I, I picked this song several weeks ago for song of the week. But our song of the week today is uh, from Ben Rector. It's a song called If You Can Hear Me. Uh, so I'm going to give us about 90 seconds of this. We'll talk about that and then we'll come back and uh, see how it magically ties in to all of this. So right now we're going to give you 90 seconds of Ben Rector, If You Can Hear Me, and we'll be back on the other side. say I love me some Ben Rector. Uh, we went to a concert of his several years ago and it was easily the most joyful concert I've ever been to. The people, it was just happy in the room and everybody knew every lyric to every song pretty much. I've, I've never been to a sing-along-y concert as much as that one. It was just uh, really fun. Uh, I love, love some Ben Rector. So there you go, Ben Rector, not a Christian artist, uh, in the normal sense, he's just a, a regular artist, but this is off his most recent album. Uh, so, Kimberly, uh, thoughts on this? Uh, what kept standing out was, um, can you hear me? And I know a lot of times when we are just going through a struggle, no matter what it might be, um, big or small, we don't feel like God hears us. And it's funny, it's because as we're talking about story stones, uh, I have specific things that are in my spaces that actually make me come to and they snap me back. And when I'm feeling a pity party and I'm just going, why is this happening or questioning what the direction is that God's putting me in, I, I see that item and I know that he is telling me to be still mm. and be quiet and let him work because I tend to be a fretter or I want, I like a plan. I like having a path ahead of me. And um, that is something that I know that there's just certain things that I, I'll look at and I go, yep, you are still good. And yeah. I know you yeah. hear me. And even if I don't see where this is going, you have my best interest. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, uh, that particularly stood out for me. Yeah. Uh, two things. N number one, this has to do with what Kimberly just now said. I'm leaving on uh, tomorrow, actually, to go back to my parents' home in Tennessee and bring home just a whole lot of things from their home that are that to me. 
uh, a lot of memorabilia because our family was filled with stories. Um, our home was filled with stories uh, of <clears throat> how God had been so faithful and good. Mm-hmm. And I depend on those. I, I desperately need to hear and remember those things. But my second thought was uh, the line that says, sometimes the devil sounds a lot like Jesus. Um, because as a little girl, I sang songs about how, you know, God was good, the devil was bad. You are the devil and you are bad. You know. Um, you are the devil and you exactly, are bad. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that song wasn't around when I was a kid, but, you know. Um, anyhow, as I think about that, I realize I don't have a leg to stand on. The devil is, he has power. He has might and strength. Uh, he doesn't have wisdom and he doesn't have authority, but... I don't have a leg to stand on with Satan unless it's my God right. standing with me and in me and through me. Um, he, Satan's not afraid of me. He knows I'm, I can just be, uh, you know, he can just flick me off his shoulder in a second and destroy me. It's yeah. like that but line in the other so. song, um, the things that I'm afraid of are are, are afraid of you. Oh, I yes. Love, I don't know yes. who sings that song, yes. but I, yes. when I heard that the first time and it really sunk in, uh, I was like, oh, man, that's so true. Yeah. I, I'm afraid of all these things, but it's like those things are afraid of God. They're, mm-hmm. they're um, yeah, they resonate. Right. So when I think I'm, uh, as Joe Hauser would always say, a bag of chips and all of that, you know. Other way. Is it all, all that, that and, and a bag, bag of chips? chips. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's okay, so, Beth. <laughs> okay, sorry, Joe. Um, uh, anyhow. How, that was everybody saying that. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm saying that um, when I think that I am all of that I need to be, I realize Satan is not afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm standing in the goodness of God and I'm standing in the trust that not only I have toward God, but that God has toward me, mm-hmm. that he trusts me to stay in his will, uh, that I have the strength that is necessary to, um, to, to make it through. And that eventually with God, all things will be good, even though I don't see it like you were talking about a minute ago. But um, that Satan does have the ability to sound like Jesus. Yes. I mean, what a smokescreen. What a, you know, uh, anyhow, uh, just that I appreciate what God does for me in being strong in my weakness. Yeah. yeah you don't get a name like the, the great deceiver by being no. straightforward. And, no. and honest it's it's by being deceitful and and i picked up on that line too right after that says but i don't believe it you know telling me i'm not enough but i don't believe it but i can feel it mm-hmm. and and that's that's where my weak point is just those those slow water drips of you're not doing enough what you're doing isn't good enough you're dropping the ball people are going to be let down and those kind of things that's where I find myself susceptible to those lies. And I need to know, you know, and it is good to know that when I speak out that, that God can hear me. You know, if I was speaking out to a wall, it would be, it'd be, well, we, we went uh, to lunch yesterday with a family member and they're not known for listening. And I eventually said, you know, if all you're going to do is fight every time I say something, I'm not going to say anything. And, and it, it just gets frustrating to not be heard and it's good to know that God does hear um, our needs and, and knows them before I even speak them, but, but he likes to, uh, I, to hear them anyway. I was meeting with a lady uh, last week who's kind of struggling, and um, 
I said, you know, it's only recently that I've started trying to remember this practice, and that is uh, when I'm talking to God, when I'm praying, when I'm spending time thinking about Him or meditating with Him, I try to remember, God, you see me and you hear me. And just with those two thoughts, it, it just solidifies. It brings me to a place of uh, quietness that I know that I'm not just talking to nothing, mm-hmm. just right. not talking to the air just because I can't right. see him. He sees me and hears me and knows me. Yeah. So, And you, you made the statement about, you know, the feelings and how you, you feel it. And one thing that I've, um, I, I've heard several times in different podcasts is that the reminder that our feelings lie. Yes. And Ooh, when yes. I, I, I've heard it, I've heard it enough that I, I am reminded of it frequently. And I actually do say that to other people because when they're like, well, I'm just feeling this and I go, I know, but are those real? Is that really where, is that you in your spirit? Is it something else that's attacking you to have you feel that way? Because if you turn and say, I know what the goodness is, and that's not true. And I know my ultimate destination isn't to be in misery, that God knows my pain and he's going to use it for his good. But it's hard. But being reminded our feelings, they lie to us often. That yeah. is so and, rich. And I yeah. know not to also say that when somebody's like, I'm just, you know, they're struggling, they're hurting. And I go, well, your feelings lie. I'm not going to do that. No. But we we are able to guide each other. And and, um, and I know people have done that for me. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I was watching a TV show yesterday, and the 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 people in the show had gone to a a couples retreat, and they were supposed to talk about what they you know make statements to each other, and then describe how they felt about that person's statement. And uh, the one uh, spouse was telling her husband, you know, what you're telling me is that you hear what I'm saying, but but how does that make you feel? How what's your reaction to it? You know, I don't I don't care that you hear it. I want to know how does that impact you Mm -hmm. and and it's good to know but you're right it's not the be all end all that gives us a baseline for how do we want to do it because i can tell if a person's angry that their words are going to be a certain way if they're happy but that doesn't mean that everything's going to be true based on that feeling it's it's a a good Mm. thing to to know and going back to our our story stones you know we're gonna write stories based on how we feel Mm -hmm. you know the story that comes out will be different based on how we feel. When I was going through my divorce, the stuff that I wrote was decidedly dark. Right. <laughs> when I wasn't, it was decidedly not dark. Um, so when we decide to put something down, and, and I haven't made a story stone. Have you made anything like this, Kimberly? Um, I ha- actually making a story stone? Yeah. No, but I have a few things that are actually story stones that I keep around me. Um, one is a piece of scratch art that my uncle had started, but he never finished. And he passed away in 2009, I believe, and um, maybe a little bit later. I'm not certain. Anyhow, after he had passed away, we had gone to his house, and um, there's some art around the house that, you know, if we wanted to take a piece, we could. Well, this one is incomplete, and it's it's scratch art, and I don't know if you're familiar with it. You take a board, you put plaster on it, and then you scratch into it. So it's kind of oh. funny talking about story yeah. stones. But, you know, in the it's it's a yellow picture. There's a, you know, some other painting that had been done on it. There's a chair, a table, you know, a um, planner, and a little table on the side. But the picture that is supposed to be on the wall of this scene uh, has the pencil outline, but it wasn't with a flower in oh. it, but it was never scratched and it was never completed. And 
it, his partner ended up asking me if, you know, I wanted to finish it. And I said, no, I, I don't want to finish. He goes, are you sure that's the piece that you want? And I said, yes, I want it very much. This is a piece I'd like to have. And so my mom didn't, you know, she's like, what drew you to it? And for one, it was just my uncle's type of art. Um, a lot of the pieces are the way I, I design and I appreciated them. But the significance of the picture was we're never complete. Oh, yeah. We are never complete. And, you know, it, it brought to mind, you know, the, the verse in Philippians 1, 6, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you mm-hmm. will carry it on to completion Amen. until the day of Jesus Christ yes. or Christ Jesus. And so that picture hangs in my room. And it is funny. I mean, most people don't go into my bedroom, but those that have been in there, they, oh, did you do this? No. And so I actually get to tell them why I kept that picture, why it's still left uncom- uh, you know, unfinished and incomplete, because there is a significance. And I do look at that and say, I am still in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as you always say, we're, we're big messes that he's still trying to fix. Yeah. But uh, so... That, that's one in, that I have inside my space that, um, yeah, if you ask me about it, that is going to be the story that you're going to hear about him not finishing it. And I chose not to specifically because it reminds me of God's work in me. I'm always in progress. Can I can I share one? As you were sharing that, it, it you know, triggered something in my mind. My grandma, Lethe, my dad's mom, was so important to our family. And she just passed down story after story of faith. Um, she was a great storyteller, and all of her stories had to do with God and how God had brought her through and, uh, and their family through. And uh, as my dad's mom, she told me a lot of stories about my dad when he was little and, again, having to do with God. But the cool thing about it was she gave she crocheted a blanket. Now, Grandma's love language was to you know food and crocheting those were two things we always knew that grandma loved us because she would just lavish us with those gifts so this is a full bed size crocheted blanket and as always back in the 70s you can imagine what it looks like it's green and gold and tan you know it's just that those nice earth tones oh yes oh yes (laughs) So anyway, does it have a uh, butterfly on it too? No, it does not. <laughs> it's just a granny square, you know, blanket. So very simple. Um, so anyway, years back, I had looked at that through the years. There were holes in it because the kind of cloth that it was made, the yarn that it was made of, was mm-hmm. probably cotton, and so it had several holes in it. I looked at that thing and I thought about throwing it away several times. And although I crochet, I crochet very little. I didn't know how to repair it. So I took it to my friend who's very good at that. And I offered her some money. And I said, would you please repair this blanket for me? And she said, I would be happy to do that. So she went out and she was able to match the colors. As a matter of fact, she said she couldn't buy them. She just dug back into old yarn and was able to find it. So anyway, she lovingly repaired that blanket, and when she brought it to me, this is what she said, and and it triggered my memory when you said the picture was unfinished. She said, Bev, now if you notice, she said, I I did repair the blanket, but where your grandma had made mistakes, I left the mistakes. Yeah. She said, "I, I crocheted it back the way she had it. 
I left the same mistakes. And some, you know, it needed like four rows, and she put in three. And so I just put in the three right. to match it and gave it back to me. And uh, and then I asked her how much the odor. She said, no, no, I did it for nothing. And then I was like doubly blessed that I was reminded of so many beautiful things. I was reminded of my grandma, and I was reminded of the mistakes that I made that only God can fix. Um, and that she put it back to its original form. And I know that blanket was made with, every stitch was made with love, so yeah. I still have it today, and I'm gonna keep it a long time. I'm probably gonna pass it on to my kids. Right. So, because there's a lot of faith in that blanket, a lot mm-hmm. of stories I know she was thinking about when she was making it, and all the love that she put into it, and prayers that I'm sure she was praying as she was making it over me in my life, so. Well, and it, you know, no story is complete. Because as soon as you finish writing it, stuff keeps happening. And, yeah. and these story stones, I mean, I can write a story about people that do stuff and I can, you know, put the final chapter on it and make you happy with, you know, the book is complete. But with life, it's, you know, I, I wrote my autobiography a few years back and stuff has happened since then that has been significant. And it, it life keeps going on and there's the next chapter of that story and I love that incompleteness because there's possibility in incompleteness. Complete means mm-hmm. you can't change it. It's done. It's set in stone, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is what it is. But the future has is, possibility. It's not yeah. set in yeah. anything. Well, it's, it's the choose your there. own adventure. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I mean. And, and so it's <laughs> wide open. And that, that, you know, depending on your perspective, you know, I, I had a boss and I'd say, how's it going today? And he said, well, uh, so far so good, but we're at the beginning of the day. So there's lots of opportunity for mayhem to, you know, happen. And I was like, well, that's a crappy attitude. Oh, you, you said know, on Wednesday. Let's, let's just, you know, there, there's lots of opportunity for good stuff to happen too. Yes. You know, somebody could come with free donuts for us today. And it, what a great day that would be, <laughs> you know, and, and looking to those opportunities. And I think quite often... We find what we're looking for. If I'm looking for a negative thing, I find a negative thing. If I'm mm-hmm. looking for a positive thing, I'll find that. If, 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 if all I'm doing is looking at the gloom, that's all I'm going to see is the gloom. Absolutely. And, and, and so we've got, it's not that it's you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, but the direction I'm going will be the direction I go. But well, we, we do, have, go ahead. We do have a lens that we look through. And I think that, that, you know, we always hear about looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, but it can also be a brown lens. It can be, you know, it yes. can be lots of different colors, whatever you want to tint your world around you. And and it is true. I mean, I completely agree with you because when you, I thought you were going to say you said something more positive, and that's why I was like, ooh, you know, I'm thinking I would never say that to you. Yeah. And if I did, it would be in sarcasm going, right. yeah, right. there's mayhem to be had, right. but I would probably be looking at you going, yeah, it's yeah. going to be you creating mayhem. Go. But it's no, it's no great surprise that we live in a world full of stress and anxiety um, because the only way we have that true promise of it actually turning out good is through Christ. Even yeah. when we don't see it, yes. is through Christ, through God. Right. Um, because we can't control that. And as Jesus promised, there will be trouble in this world. Yeah. And we would be, we'd have to be, I'm sorry, just dumb. Mm-hmm. to not feel bad when those things come along. 
I mean, we're human. It's, it's, it, we feel that way. Like you said, feelings lie. Yeah. We feel like this is the end of the world, but it's not. Well, especially when you end up thinking back on the things that brought you to where you are right now. Oh, yes. If somebody told you 30 years ago that you'd be going into the jail because of committing a crime and, you know, being married to a, a spouse and then saying, you know, wait, I don't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, I don't. Wanna, I don't, yeah. don't want to do so that. True. But you know, but knowing how you guys are blessed beyond measure by being able to go into the prison is totally yeah. different. You know, it's like also the same story I'd shared with Paul the other day. I had been in interior design school. I was completing it up, and the company I was working for, they were doing layoffs. The business wasn't making the money that they needed to be, but I. You know, I knew I was probably going to get laid off at some point. I just didn't know when. I didn't really, I didn't focus a whole on it because I was trying to get through school. But afterwards, I was able to look back and say, you know, God knew that I couldn't handle being laid off in the middle of going through school. And so my boss and the other management, they they laid me off a month after I graduated. It's still hot. You know, it really sucked. But at the same time, I saw God's hand in his provision in that very quickly because I just said I was able to get through my education. I had my bills being paid, you know, while I was, you know, in school, I could pay my rent. I didn't have to ask my parents for additional help. And, you know, um, but if I only focused on the fact that I got laid off, I I didn't see the provision that Mm -hmm. happened there too. And so, you know, because the next month I was like, oh, I had a, you know, I had my, um, what do they call it? I'm trying to think. Severance? Yes. <laughs> like stipend? No, that's not it. I had my severance and, you know, I used it up. I never got unemployment. And I was like, oh, I guess I should apply for that now. And they they said, well, you should have applied that when you first got laid off. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I just need to go get a job. You know, yeah, so it was right. one of those perspectives. But I mean, it, yeah, for a month I had a pity party and then I went back and moved on. But through all of that, I, you know, I look back at that now and I say, that situation did make me stronger. I really never thought that that was going to occur. But that's what life, you know, it brings you to a place of strength that you're not expecting. Yeah, yeah. And today, it's easy for us to write these, uh, you know, story stones because we've got the internet, we've got Facebook, we've got these things where we can just fire something off so it doesn't cost us a lot of time. But we've got, my neighbor one time I heard tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, what is he doing over there? I heard it for days and weeks. And he's got this log and he was carving into the log with a, a chisel and a hammer. And he was carving this, this, you know, stump. And I asked him what he was doing. So he was making a stump for his uh, son-in-law with a, a carving on it. And I said, oh, cool. And he said, yeah, I wanted one for myself, but I knew once I did one, I wouldn't take the time to do it. So I'm making it for my son-in-law and then I'll make mine after. So I do it. Because it takes time and effort that we, I just don't take the time and effort to do these difficult things anymore uh, because I want to get it done now. I want to move on to the next thing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. more immediacy and I don't have, you know, a year to carve a totem pole. I don't have a year to tap, tap, tap into a stone and have this story that you need me to tell then afterwards. Um, and and that's a shame. You know, we need yeah. to... To do it and and it's also okay because we can tell these stories but we do need to keep the stories going on or the stories get lost they do and i think the other thing is 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 
knowing who your audience is and what you're sharing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, more recent is actually for God's provision and uh, being a story stone, which did we ever describe what a story stone was? No. That it is a <laughs> stone that has to have a person to tell the story. So I think we yeah. <laughs> we were going to describe it, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, it's a stone of witness. So you actually end up having to have somebody be there to describe what it is. So sorry, listeners, we kind of described that a little late. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for myself in more recent years was when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and having people step to step in and drive him. Um, and then those that ended up helping me on the truck. And Paul is one of those people, mm-hmm. even Bev helped me. I had Shelly help me. Um, and that was actually a humbling experience for myself where the first time I ended up having somebody offer to help me on the truck because my mom always helped me. My mm-hmm. dad always helped me. Yeah. And here I had, a, uh, my mom was going in for a procedure. It was in the middle of the week. My dad was going to be a driver. I needed uh, help on the truck. I didn't have anybody because I didn't have employees that were lined up. And I still don't have employees <laughs> lined up. But Shelly offered to, you know, she's like, I'll help you on the truck. You know, let me come and help you. And this is about a month and a half out. And I wanted to say no. I'm like, no, 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 no. You oh. don't have to do that. Because I didn't want to burden her. And when she she's like no you don't need to you know close a truck I can help you and it was one of those things that I'm like she had already been baking for me a little bit of time and I had known her for years but when she offered that I said about a month after she had helped me the first time I I said Lord you already knew that need you knew that I needed somebody same thing when you offered to help me you know I'm like I look at that and I go I'm I am a planner, but I'm not thinking of health things with my parents. (laughs) And those have really um, been a big, big factor. But that's where I end up saying, you know, well, I had somebody ask the other day. So how do you know Paul? You know, and just giving that background of that, that, you know, that you'd served us and then you offering to help. And I'm like, but this is a person that I couldn't have lined all that up. God did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, God's way yeah. better than we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, without doubt. And it reminds me that this is so silly to say. Jesus knew what he was saying <laughs> when he said, "Go into all the uh, world." Hot take, Rev. And yeah, right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And um, preach the gospel. You know, and what he's basically saying is, just talk. Mm-hmm. Go, just talk. Say hello to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, say, hey, how you doing? You know what? I've been thinking about you. I, I, I said a little prayer to God today about you. It, it, it's really so simple. Yeah, maybe we don't have the ability to do as our neighbor does, tap, tap, tap on a piece of wood and make a beautiful piece of art. But God knows that our life is short, and he gives us the ability to talk, and we mm-hmm. have a tongue and a voice. And... um you know, even at our funeral, when it's all done and said, hopefully people will still remember us and they'll remember what we said. And if we deposited one little positive word or the good news into their life, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. But even all the better when we have something tangible to hold on to. Um, that's just a beautiful thought. I love I love this whole idea. Yeah. No, it's new to me. I didn't know anything about it, but it makes a lot of sense. Do you have a story stone that comes to mind? 
You know, I was thinking about the story stones and, and like, you know, what Bev was saying there, I was, uh, just wanted to say Francis of Assisi, you know, his famous quote, you know, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words that we are, <laughs> we are that walking, you know, representation of, of Christ. But I think for me, um, I don't know about story stones as much as I have the, the Stellas, the, that, you know, the, everything I do is written. Mm. Um, and um, I don't know that I've got the story stone per se that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids and grandkids might be able to identify things, but um, in my life, I don't know. I've got one that I have, though. I mean, my, my mother uh, had a, a, a relative who was some sort of a MacGyver. I, I think it was my grandpa, but we have an old organ mm-hmm. that they made, and it's very small. It's like the size of a, 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 a um, stenographer's, you know. Oh, wow. Like a little machine. typewriter. Yeah. And then it's got these pipes on it. And it never worked. And, and it's been sitting out. There's a little, you know, p- engine to create the air to blow the whatnot. And it's been broken and, and sitting out in the backyard just collecting rust and dust for the last 50 years. Um, but I look at that and it, I know that it's, you know, I look at that and say, okay, well, that was my grandfather that I never met and, mm-hmm. and he made this and, and I saw it just the other day when I was at my mom's house and it just made me smile and think. And, and so those are the kind of things I think of is, you know, those relics, um, from the family, but I don't know. Uh, mine is probably my record collection, I guess would be the closest thing that I have would be my, my record mm-hmm. collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right, actually, because I know that a lot of your stories, especially when I'm listening to you, um, a lot of them start with Donnie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In yes. his garage. Yes. His sister's records, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you do definitely have stories, but I know you also have stories of where, um, you know, God's provision in your life was, you know, that's a different thing. But I think that that's why I was asking, was there a specific one that you have? And I think we do all have them because I know you share in a certain manner with people or, you know, um, Bev does also. But I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's why this was an important subject to me was to make us more aware for ourselves yes. and for the listener to say what stories do we need to actually have in the front of our mind just like we have scripture that we're supposed to have written on our heart there are stories that of God's work in our life that we need to be able to share with people in a readily available manner yeah um, not just you know the big wow moments but you know the just the smaller things that you just say you know like I said you offering to help me on the truck I didn't look at that as being significant at the time I was like oh okay you know I bookmarked it in my head but then I <laughs> here we are honestly five years later and I I'm, I'm still I'm still amazed by God's grace yeah. you know I, this I know we probably need to wrap this up soon but I just want to say that um, I'm reading a book on forgiveness by Lisa Turkhurst it's kind mm. of a workbook and what it says, and, and I'm thinking about the listener out there, that as soon as you said stories to remember, the first thing that jumps in your mind is something negative, something painful, something so deeply excruciating that you completely push it out of your mind. You just do whatever you can to say, nope, nope, that didn't happen, or no, I've, I've moved on, or I'm not going to think about that. Um, in this book on forgiveness, Lisa Turker said, you may want to consider that we do have a choice. There's two ways that we can go. One is to to continue to go back and look at that and just see the bad in it. 
or to try to glean something good out of that, even though it might be difficult to do. And she said, when we do, it's time to surrender that event to God and reclaim the purpose of us walking through that. And um, so I just want to tell you that if you had a situation like that, and this podcast is like digging at you again, and you're thinking, oh man, I cannot do this. In fact, I'm just going to turn this off. Just remember, there's always, always hope in Jesus, and um, He will walk through that with you. And I'm not—I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a med- um, mental health provider of any kind. But I just want to say, through being a Christian follower of Jesus Christ and knowing, looking at my own trauma and drama, um, God is faithful, and He will do exactly what Kimberly read the scripture about. That it's His job to complete what he started in you Mm -hmm. so yeah well thank you ladies uh for being here we're uh we're we're 50 minutes into uh these people's lives so we're gonna let you guys go right now Uh, (laughs) we will be back with more because there's more uh things that we're going to talk about with this uh bama podcast and some other episodes and whatnot so you'll be hearing from us again on this but right now i just want to remind you that it's September, fall is coming. We're gonna get a reprieve from the heat. Yay. Uh, leaves will be falling, colors will be changing, food will be had. So we're coming into that uh, that that time of the year that a lot of people really dig. Um, I am one of those uh, fall, winter type people. So uh, thanks for being here with us. Don't forget to email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. I'm looking here and I've got words almost through November. I've got words of the week, but I've got two more songs. <laughs> And then I'm out. So I need songs, people. Send me send me your songs and also some uh, some show topic ideas. If you want to be on the show, if you've got someone that wants to be on the show or that you think we should tell their story, just send them out to me at that email or you can call me at 760-608-1942. Uh, share the show with people. Go with God. And we will see you next time we mess it up. And can I say, pumpkin spice latte. <laughs>Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up.